Welcome to the Sunset Community Church podcast. You're listening to sermon audio from our Sunday morning services. For more information about Sunset Community Church, visit us online at sunsetcommunity.church. My name is Dorothy, gift of God. And our scripture today is from Psalm 150, verses 1 to 6. Praise ye the the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Good morning, church. It is a great morning. Amen. We want to thank God for this morning. Um, we want to thank God for the people who have led us in a different kind of music. I hope you connected with it. Amen. It had a Spanish church, a Spanish touch, a Swahili touch, a Luganda touch, an English touch. It had, you know, it was all over, and that's what's going to happen in heaven, because all of us will be there, and we will enjoy the variety. Amen. 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 Father, we thank you for your word, which you have for us this morning. We ask that you speak to us succinctly. We ask that, Lord, you bless us. To you, we give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. I was listening to um, some famous American ladies. They were on TV, and they were being interviewed. And uh, the interviewer asked one of them and said, you are very famous, and you're very hardworking, you're prominent, and you're successful. What makes you successful? And this lady said, I thrive on the compliments of my husband. And, and the interviewer said, can you give us um, detail? And he said, this guy one time took me out in the restaurant. And as before we had the meal, he, he said, each time you're around, you make me feel like I should be a better man. And the lady said, oh, and you know what they do, pick a hanky and that's so sweet, you know? And so the interviewer asked the other, the next lady and said, do you have any compliments that help you push on in life? And she said, yes. And he said, uh, my program, whenever I'm on TV, um, after I quickly run and check my DMs and emails and all that fun stuff, he says, my people who view me always send me nice stuff. And that gives me the energy, the strength to push on and do what I do. It's an American thing, and it's a good thing, because the American culture is a complimenting culture. It gives confidence to those we compliment. It gives confidence to our spouses, and most especially the mothers. They are wonderful at this. You know, they begin on day one, baby's born, and they say, oh, she's adorable. And you know, and the kids grow up not confident, you know. It helps a lot to make people a better people. So the American culture is a great culture, and for us, we will copy it and compliment each other. Amen. 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 I was given the book of Psalms, 
I was told to find a book in Psalms and share that with you because we are in the month of Psalms and we have been listening to people who share from different chapters. This morning you have had Sister Dorothy share with us amazingly uh, in the book of Psalms 150 and that's my assignment this morning. Psalms 150 is the last chapter in that big book of Psalms. It has 150 chapters. I don't know how many of you have um, taken that journey of reading from Psalm 1 to Psalm 150. It takes a while and it's worth it. It's the biggest of all books and it is divided theologically into five books. Theologically, this book is divided in five books and I want to quickly share those five books, and the importance of them. Amen. Okay, the first book is, according to theology, it starts from Psalms chapter 1 to Psalms chapter 41. The last verse in Psalms 41... Okay, there we are. Okay, you can see that. It says, Blessed be the Lord... The God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, amen and amen. That's the last verse in all those chapters. And theologically, the theologians say that is the first segment, the first blocks of the book of Psalms. And it ends in a dexcology. That's what they call it theologically. The word dexcology means praise to Yahweh. Praise to God. It is high praise. And that verse says, blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And it for emphasis, they put amen and another amen for emphasis, you know. God should be praised from everlasting to everlasting. One person described everlasting as everlasting. And he said, when you get to the end of everlasting, you still find out that everlasting is still everlasting. And so God should be praised everlastingly. And he says, amen, may it be so. And for emphasis, amen, may it be so. Someone say amen. amen. The second book in the book, um, theologians say from verse 42, chapter 42 to chapter 72, that's another segment. And when you read the last two verses of chapter 72, it says, can you read it? Let's just read together if you can. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Another portion of scripture that ends. And so that's another dexology, you know. It says, bless him and bless him eternally. Bless him forever because that's what he really deserves. Book three, sec third segment, is chapter 73 to chapter 89. If you can, let's read it together. Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. 
the emphasis of it, the emphasis and the power of it. We are exalted, we are encouraged to bless him, praise him eternally. The fourth segment is chapter 90 to chapter 106, and the last verse in Psalms 106 is verse 48. How does it go? Blessed be God of Israel from to and let praise ye the Lord. And so the book of Psalms can be summed up as a book of praise. Tell your neighbor praise. The book of Psalms, which is the largest book in the Bible, the biggest of all, 150 verses, encourages us, beckons us, teaches us how to praise the Lord, the importance of praising Him, praising Him and lifting Him and glorifying Him. And it also emphasizes that His praise will go on eternally. It never ceases. It will never cease. It will go on eternally. Amen and amen. Amen. And so the last, um, what they call book five in theology, starts from Psalms 106 to Psalm 150. Psalm 150 is the last one we are tackling today. Psalms 150 verse 1, as read by Dorothy. Will you be able to see? Okay. It says, praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the firmament of his power. Psalms 150 summarizes the entire psalm. All the 149 verses are summarized in the last six verses. It is all in there, and I do not have time to go through it very well, but it is all summarized in there. Verse 1 says, praise ye the Lord. Amen. Yahweh, creator of heaven and earth, deserves worship, deserves praise. God deserves a hallelujah. God deserves high praise. People from different places of the world who love God deserve or need to praise Yahweh highly because that is what he deserves. Amen. And so he says, praise ye the Lord. The next thing is he says, praise him in his sanctuary, his defining location. Where is Yahweh praised? In his sanctuary. The sanctuary is the most fitting place for people to worship God collectively. It is his sanctuary. And collectively, that is one of the most deserving places to worship him. Because that is his house. Amen. I'm used to people who talk back, you know. Or nod. You show me you've got it. Otherwise, I'll say it ten times. I'll go around it, under it, behind it. I'll try to make it land. I'll feel like it's not yet arrived, so I'll try to push it harder. When you smile, shake your head or something, then I know you're responding and you're getting it. And so the sanctuary is God's house. And the psalmist is encouraging us that one of the most suitable places where we worship him 
is right here in the sanctuary. When we come to the sanctuary, it's not the job of Pastor Aaron. I'm sorry, I might mention you several times because you're the priest here. You know, it is not the job of Pastor Aaron to praise. It is our job collectively to praise him. You know, sometimes he's here and he's here early and we need to compliment him and the rest of the team who do this because they come here, do rehearsals, come before us, set up, do a lot of back stuff things which we don't see. We need to love them and compliment them for all they do because they do a lot for the Lord and for us. Amen. And so it is not only the job of the people up here to praise. It is the job of everybody else who comes to praise. And I'll tell you why. Psalms 100, which my wife read as she was beginning the service, says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Meaning, before you arrive, before Pastor Aaron kicks the guitar, before the, the, the organ kicks on, before you should come prepared to enter, to tune in, in the praise. How many of you are Seahawks fans? Let me see the hand. Am I alone? Any Seahawks? We're in trouble. Pastor Andrew, you need to preach harder. <laughs> the all Seahawks fans know this. When you hear that the game is coming and the date is announced, you tune in. You get excited. You know, just getting the dates. Seahawks will be playing. Oh, that's enough. You know, you get, you tune in. Excitement kicks in. You are in the spirit. You make calls. You tell your buddies. You know, you are in it. You are engaged. You're tuned because you've just had the dates. And when you get the tickets, oh my God, you go to level two, you know. The excitement goes higher. The anticipation, you all, you're all charged because Seahawks is going to play. Whether they will win or not, that doesn't matter. You know, Seahawks will be happening. You know, and when you are driving to the stadium, oh my God, you kick into level four <laughs> of excitement and joy and anticipation. You're all charged. You have the jerseys on. You have the shoes on. Seahawks, everything. You have flags. You have it is Seahawks. You're charged. You're in there. Tell your friend you're in there. And when you hit the stadium, oh my God! I always watch people as they go in for the games. You know they're all excited. You know, if families and couples and they are in another gear. They're in another spirit. Rods are closed because Seahawks is happening. You know, and when you get in there, you begin chanting before the game starts. You chant the Seahawks. You know, you know whatever you chant. You know what you chant. You chant. You go for it. You're the writer of Psalms 100 says, when you're coming to church, you should enter his gates with thanksgiving, meaning before the music starts, get in the spirit, get charged up, get excited, get the way you do it for his Seahawks is the way you should do it for the Lord. Get in the spirit in there. And by the time you hit the bistro for a cup of coffee, you are high, you're in level six, you know. You are in level six. You can't wait for the lights to begin dimming because you are already there. When you come like that, it doesn't matter what Pastor Aaron does here or doesn't do. It doesn't matter 
that there is power in the building or not. It doesn't matter whether the machines are here or the musicians are here. You are already in there. One song and your hands will be up because you're already tuned, you're already charged. You will not wait, you know. You're in the spirit because you came prepared for it. So the Bible exhorts us that as we come in his, in his sanctuary, we come charged, we come excited, you know. The day before, on Saturday, you're thinking about the service. You're anticipating, you know. The writer of Psalms says, David says, I long to go to the house of the Lord. He says, I was glad when they told me, let us go in the, hands of, in the house of the Lord. He gets happy. He gets charged. He gets excited. He gets prepared to receive from the Lord while it is days away. And when he gets here, he will get whatsoever he came for because he came charged. Everything else doesn't matter. He just wants to connect with God. And so when we come, it is our collective responsibility to make service wonderful. Sometimes you go home and say, I was bored. No, nobody bored you really. You did it to you. You did it to you. You are 100% responsible. Okay, the choir okay, might, might have missed out your best song or your best tune or your best something. But still, you go away with something because you came charged knowing you're going away with something. The way we go to see Seahawks and it is beaten and we go away happy, you know, a little bit happy because, you know, we came ready for, excited that we are going to watch Seahawks. Oh, Mariners. Oh, there's also those, that one. I, only, I know six or, or Seahawks only. <laughs> and so he says, praise him in his sanctuary. But he also says in verse 1, praise him in the firmament of his power. The firmament is an idea of the entire expanse, the vast expanse up there in the sky. From horizon to horizon, that's the firmament. So everything under the firmament, under the horizon, under the sky, should praise the Lord. And in every place under the sky, it's a great place to praise the Lord. So we not only praise him in the sanctuary, we also praise him anywhere under the sky. If something great happens, oh my God, and somebody makes a wonderful meal, your wife, you know, she cooks a great meal, compliment her, but then praise God for a wonderful wife you have. You know, if something good happens at your place of work, you don't have to wait to come here to praise God. You know, praise the boss for the promotion, but, the, huh? No. Compliment the boss for the promotion and praise God because the Bible says promotion neither comes from the east nor from the west, but from the Lord. So praise him for the promotion, you know. So everything that comes to us, that comes to your thought, if it's wonderful, if it's great, the accident that didn't happen, praise him, you know, for protecting you. The things that didn't happen and the good things that happened, praise God. God for them. I love the shower after a long day of work. Whew! Oh my God. When I hit the shower and the tap goes on and water hits my body, I just feel I'm not here. I feel I'm in another place. The shower just blesses my soul. Woo! And when the shower is done, I thank God for the water. No, I thank water. 
But then I praise God for the water because even AI has never made a drop of water. God is worthy of praise even for water. I'm telling you, he's worthy of praise even for water. When it hits your body, you come out feeling, woof. I'm new. I'm, I'm, I'm recouped. I am alive. You know, water does magic on my body. I don't know about you. And I praise God each time I come out of a shower because I feel blessed. So we bless God anywhere. Could be a shower. Could be your office desk. Could be restroom as you're resting there. <laughs> You can praise God anywhere under the sky. Amen. Verse 2. Verse 2 says, Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Friends, our God does mighty acts. And I don't have even time on this. You need to take me for coffee and I'll tell you more. God does mighty acts. He, he, creation alone is mighty. Now, for some of you who are scientists, you might have another view. But you know, if you go for coffee, I'll convince you. Creation alone is amazing. Your body is amazing. If you doubt that, look at your baby. Look at that little thing. Look at its nostril and the, the ability for those nodes, that nose to take care of the body. You know, the, how it you know, look at the baby. It's, she's, a, oh my good God. His acts are amazing. He does amazing, wonderful acts. Not only did he do, he still does and will still do. Amen. He does amazing acts. And one of the acts that tops it all is the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The virgin birth. You know, the lady never seen a man, and she conceives. Oh, my good God. AI has never done that, you know? You know? And then he comes, and he goes on the cross, and he's killed, and it is confirmed, confirmed dead, and he's taken to the tomb, and he's put there, confirmed dead, and the tomb is secured, secured in and out and everywhere, secured. And in three days, three days, that body which was dead gets life and gets out of that secured confinement and that body just goes. And after days, he's seen in town walking and talking. Oh, my God. That, is, that tops it all. Amen. He did that for you and for me. He did that for you and for me. His love is amazing. And Jesus is not first to go to ER to check his, you know. He, after the resurrection, he never went to ER. If he was an American, ER straight. Let's first check his sight and check his heart. You know, check his, you know, check that. And no, he just hit the road and started ministry. From where he left up, that's where he's. <laughs> Somebody say hallelujah. He's worthy praise because his acts are amazing. And he has done amazing acts for me. If you want to know more, take me for tea. <laughs> he is amazing. He does amazing things. He does heroic things. He does excellent things. The Bible says, praise him in his excellent greatness. Now, I have never praised him in his excellent greatness because my mind is too small. It cannot comprehend his greatness. 
But the book of Psalms is amazing because when I jump into the book of Psalms, I can pick a scripture that helps me to praise him in his excellent greatness. Because the Psalm is a book that helps you, tutors you, mentors you, excites you into worshiping and praising God to a level which you would not have done without it. So it's a powerful book. And it's also a prayer book. In case you learn, you do, you do not have a prayer language. You do not know how to pray. When you read the book of Psalms, it will tutor you into prayer. Because prayer is best learned by praying. It is not best learned by studying. It is best learned by praying. Amen. So the book of Psalms tutors you to praise and to worship. Verse 3 to verse 5. I will bunch that together because that is sweet. Verse 3 to 5 says, Praise him with the sound of a trumpet. Praise him with psaltery and a harp. Praise him with a timbrel and dance. Dance. Praise him. <laughs> Praise him with stringed instrument and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding Symbols. In other words, when we come in the house of the Lord to praise him, it should be an orchestra. No instrument should be left out. No instrument is exempt. Bring them all. Wind instrument, string instrument, percussion, bring everything. A time is coming when Liberty House Pastor Andrew will bring instruments from all over the world and we will do an orchestra, a grand orchestra for the Lord. That's my dream. <laughs> when it is time to praise him, everything comes. There is the powerful ten-stringed instrument, which everybody was born with these ones. They are ten strings. When you go for them, they can make all types of noise. In Africa, we do not have most of this. But when we employ the ten strings, and we employ a joyful noise, you know, it doesn't matter whether your tenor is the right one or the bass is the wrong one. We just make a joyful noise to the Lord. There is trouble in the house. When people come, tennis, ten strings and the voice, oh my, there is havoc in the house. Because when we come to praise him, we do it greater than we do it for Seahawks. Because he is greater than Seahawks. The rest didn't crap. Okay, it's better than marinas. <laughs> it should be an orchestra, friends. It should be an orchestra. We come in here and everybody expresses themselves the way you are. You could have had a rough week. In the presence of the Lord, what you feel is what you give to him. Lord, it's been rough, but I'm here because... You are the one who can sort it. You are the one who can make it right. And you just come. If you've had a great week, you just come. And you're on top of your mountain. Someone else is lower. We all just come and pour our hearts before the Lord. Because he deserves it. And I will come back to that at some point. Amen. So, verse 6. Let everything that has praise. Breath, praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, this is a great one. And we don't have time. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. 
This is a remarkable conclusion of the entire book of Psalms, 150 chapters. Ends with, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. It means let all breath praise. Do we have breath? Praise is the next thing. We need as much praise as we need breath. Ah, huh? food for thought. <laughs> Our God should be constantly and naturally praised because that is how our breath is. Constant, simple, and natural. And that's how we bless the Lord. It is, it is not a standard. It is not a one thing. We all praise differently. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Notice it does not say let the Latinos praise or the Africans praise or the whites praise. He says everything. Notice it does not say the Baptists praise, the Methodists praise, the Catholics praise. He says everything that has breath should praise him. Do we have praise? We need to praise him. Do we have breath? We need to bless him, to praise him. Do we have breath? We need to praise him. Do we have breath? We need. Eternally, a time is coming where everything that has breath will bless God. I'm reading Revelations 5, 13 to 14. Every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all of them that are in there, had I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him who sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. Friends, this is going to happen. A time is going to come. And everything that has praise and breath will praise Yahweh, will praise Jehovah, will praise the God creator of heaven and the earth, will praise the God who says the heavens are mine, and also the earth. We'll praise the God who says, silver and gold belongs to me. A time is coming, and it is about to, where all of us will be in his presence. And without anyone compelling us, without anyone sounding a gong or a bell, without anyone, you know, switching on a keyboard or a guitar, we will just bust out and praise him because he alone is worthy praise. A time is coming. And friends, I want to encourage us now, since that is coming and the program is on, let us start the program right here, right now, and praise him. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Now someone is out there saying, now you want us to praise the Lord, but you do not know what I'm going through. I'm depressed. You don't know what I'm going through. I'm having challenges. I'm having this. I'm having that. The writer of the book of Psalms, David, who writes most of the Psalms, not all of them, but the key writer there, faced everything we battle in life. He was rejected by his parents, you know, left as a young man to be out there, you know. He was hated by his siblings, you know. He went through sibling, you know, challenges, you know. He suffered. As a leader, he was rejected by the people he was leading. Many times they wanted to stone him and kill him. You know, he went through all the challenges we go through in life. But because he had the weapon of praise, he was able to overcome all his challenges without a pastor to preach to him every Sunday, without a friend to encourage him on every day, without a parent to tell him he's a great boy and he has a great future, you know, without a parent to speak into your life and a pastor to encourage you and friends to surround you and mop away for you. This guy by himself and God, he praised himself to being a good guy, stable guy, married guy, and a king because his biggest strength was the word of God and praise to the living God. Whatever you're going through, let praise be a weapon you use to take you through that rough patch. When depression hits, Subjected to the temperature of praise, and you will overcome. When suicidal thoughts hit, subjected to the temperature of praise, and you will see yourself on the other side, out of the pit where the devil wants to put you. Praise is a powerful, powerful weapon. David, that was his strength. The other thing I want to quickly note about him is David said no to so many things in life. <laughs> many scriptures come up. There's a scripture where he said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look at a woman lustfully, you know. He made a covenant not to look at a woman in a certain way. He made a covenant with his eyes. I don't know how that happens, you know, but he made a covenant. There are things he said no to in life. So he can focus on the things that are key in life. The reason why he was able to write all those many verses is he edited his life out of so many other things that he may focus on what he thought was important. That's why he's an author, a composer, um, a performer, a music. You know, he wrote his songs. He, 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 he did the A to Z of all his songs, you know, conceive them, write them perform them, lyric them. He, everything was all in him. He was, an, <laughs> he, was, he was something, you know. Because he made that important, he edited other out. And so as a people, there are things we are going to say no to. There are some things you're not going to download and you'll say, no, I won't download that. No, I will not watch that. No, I will not go there. No, that you may do the things that are important in your life. Somebody say no. David 
was an expert at saying no and shutting stuff out. We are in a place where people say everything is okay. No, everything is not okay. There are things I will not subject my ears to because they do not edify my spirit, neither do they bless me. And I have to shut them out. They could be the trending, but I do not trend because when the world is trending, I trend downwards because we do not go the same direction. Huh? I'm a son of a crazy guy. My dad was a pastor, and during Christmas, he would not eat a thing. He would buy for us everything. You know, in Africa, you must buy a new cloth on Christmas, whether you want it or not, whether you have money or not. And you must have good food. I mean, good food in your house during Christmas season, not day, season, whether you have money or not. Our dad would do that to us, give you the clothes, give you the food, he will not put on a new cloth. He will not put on, he will not eat. He will fast during the Christmas season. And the reason is, if the world is excited about something, he says, I will not get excited with them. <laughs> that was his theology. It is not scriptural, but that was him. <laughs> it helped him to be spiritual. It helped me hear him to, you know, achieve whatever he wanted. And he would, not, if the world was excited about something, my dad would turn the other way and say, nope. If the world is, there is something in there. I will go somewhere else, you know. But in life, we should learn to say no to some things, close some stuff out. If it won't bless your family, if it won't encourage you, if it's not a blessing to the church, you have no business with it. It's a no. Amen. Amen. So, the conclusion of the book of Psalms reminds us. That we are here to bless the Lord. We are here to praise him. He's been so good to us, whether we know it or not. And in case you think God has not been good to you, take me for a cup of coffee. No, I'll take you for a cup of coffee. Yes, just, give, just let me know. And I will let you know how God has been good to you. God has been good to all of us. And the least we can give him is to give him some praise. If you enjoy coming late on Sunday, I have some good news for you. When you come late on Sunday and the praise is over, you have missed an opportunity to give something to the Lord. But you will come when Pastor Andrew is ready to give something to you. So you will go away with something God has given you, but you will have missed an opportunity to give something to the Lord because the only thing we can give God is praise and worship. So when you come on Sunday, you will have missed that opportunity. But anyhow, you will go away with something. I prefer to come early, so it's a reciprocal relationship. I give him praise. I give him worship. He gives me the word. He blesses me. And relationship. May the Lord bless you. You've been listening to Sermon Audio from Sunset Community Church. Sunset Community Church is located in Renton, Washington. For more information, visit our website at sunsetcommunity.church.